Hey, don't forget to put February 18th, 2023 on your calendar. This is Mark Gregston, and I hope that you'll join Kirk Cameron and myself for a wonderful simulcast called Engage, Equipping and Empowering Parents to Raise Teens in a Contrary Culture. Look, this could be something that can change the destiny of your family. It can change the trajectory of where you're headed. You're going to love it. Mark it down February 18th, 2023. You can find out more at Engage23.com. That's engage 23 com. Welcome to Parenting Today's Teens, a daily podcast that provides stories, insights, and wisdom to help you as a parent gain a deeper relationship with your teen. On today's episode, Mark Gregston shares a personal devotional to help you as you walk through life with your team. Let's hear what Mark has to say. I know this, that just about the only way that I'm ever going to be able to crack into um, the life of a team is to spend time with them. The only way I'm going to be able to communicate my message is by spending time with them. The only way that I'm going to be able to value them is by spending time with them. The only way that I'm going to have an influence, it's going to be measured by the amount of time that I spend with them. And it's, and it's quality time. It's not just, not just time that I'm entertaining. It's not just time that I am uh, uh, in the presence of. But it's, it's time that is spent that is intentional on having an influence on the life of my child, that I am focused on them. And so I tell families all the time that um, you need to find a place in your schedule that you can get with your child once a week, one-on-one, not two-on-one, not mom and dad sitting down with a son or a daughter, but one-on-one, whoever connects best, then make sure that happens. And and make it over a breakfast or an afternoon meeting or over coffee or a special designated dinner that you can have consistently and systematically, that your child can count on it, knowing that in a few days, I'm going to get with dad. In a, you know, tomorrow, I'll be with mom like I am every week, that kind of thing. And begin doing this when your child turns 13 and let him know that your commitment to get together every few days to spend time uh, is important to you. Waiting to meet with your kids when there's conflict is like trying to construct and string uh, communication lines in the middle of a hurricane. Uh, build those avenues now when, when the weather is quiet and, and build them in a way that they'll survive any storm that comes into your family. And when you get together, commit to not sharing your opinion Unless asked, pledge to yourself not to correct language, thoughts, comments, opinions, and be determined to get to know your child, their thinking, and their personality over the next few years. Don't think it's just a one-time shot. What we're saying is you start at age 13, that means you're going to have, you know, five or six years of meeting with your child weekly, which means this, that this is the next 300 times that you're going to be getting together. Parents ask me continually what I think uh, would help get their child and soon-to-be teen and hopefully soon-to-be adult through the adolescent years, and I tell you what, this is it. 
This is exactly it. It's spending time and having that consistent time that a child can say, I, I can count on mom and dad to spend some time with me. They should spend time developing a relationship with their child and create a safe place at that weekly table that affords the opportunity to speak into their life. While it can be too early to begin if your child is younger than, than 10, it's never too late and eventually always welcomed. So meet with your teen or preteen when things are going well and make sure you counter your feelings and continue to meet when things aren't going so well, even if the time is spent with a sense of silence. Your presence sends the message this, hey, I want to hang out with you in the good times, but I also want to hang out with you in the bad times. And your presence and attentiveness to their life keeps you from being blindsided by the effects of the turbulent years of adolescence. You know, so just as you would set up a time with your clients, your coworkers, or your employees, do the same for your child. And granted, you might spend the first six months hearing about TV shows they're watching or what other kids are doing or how they're frustrated with siblings or what they want for Christmas. But one day you will be sitting across the table from your child and they'll begin the conversation and they will ask in so many words how to manage their life through the culture of confusion. And they'll have that conversation that will one day address those difficulties that, will, um, in, uh, that they'll encounter in their life. You have to set the schedule. You have to create the atmosphere that is safe for your child to talk and comfortable for your child to share their heart. So if you're, you're starting this late in the teen years, then give some encouragement for them to participate. You know, if they don't want to, then make it a consequence that makes it worthwhile to get with you. You know, maybe that, hey, I'll pay for your cell phone as long as we get together. I'll pay for your car insurance as long as we get together once a week. I'll do whatever it is. I'll give up a lot to spend time with you. And the reason is because it's valuable. And meet regardless of the struggles that are going on at home. Even when you're mad and angry, let them know you're still going to get in the car the next morning or the next afternoon and go sit down and talk because that's how you resolve the conflict. Even if they were grounded the night before and they're still mad, even if they're hungover because they came in drunk the night beforehand, or, or maybe you guys argued over something, still get together, and they'll eventually see that the benefit of spending time together will one day speak about it. Um, they'll speak about it um, in their adult years. And so there's some rules of engagement that, that I have in place when I meet with kids. The first thing is this, let this be a time that you focus on them. It's not a time for you to bring a whiteboard or a, a Bible or a self-help book. It's simply time to connect. And, and, and moms, dads, get over this feeling that you have to have a Bible sitting there to make it a spiritual conversation. If you have hidden God's Word in your heart, it will come out at the right time. Scripture says that. It says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. It, it's, spirituality is not something that you do. Spirituality is something that you are because of whose you are. 
So as you sit and spend time, you don't have to prop up all these little signs around the table or a journal book or or make sure that you pray beforehand. It's, this is a time of you engaging with your child, even when you don't mention Jesus or, or Scripture. It's a spiritual moment because of your presence there. It's the Word becoming flesh and dwelling among your child's life. And this is your opportunity to influence because of the authority that you've been given as a parent and by God himself to engage with your child in the normalcy of life. Spirituality isn't something you do outside of the realm of of, uh, normal living. It is something that is in the uh, presence of normal living. And so engage that time. Don't feel like you have to have all these props. You don't. You're good. You can do this. You can make this happen. God will use you at a time in the life of your child to speak the words. And if you don't have the wisdom, that, then you're, you're fumbling a little bit. Then, as Scripture would say, then if any of you lacks wisdom, then ask God. Pray for that time beforehand, but go into it with the normalcy and genuineness and authenticity that you desire in relationships from people. I hate sometimes all these spiritual things we do to appear spiritual because our life is lacking um, to show that um, true self. And so I want to be genuine. I want to be right with the Lord, but at the same time, I want to be very genuine and authentic. So I don't need props to make that happen. Is that, have I gone to meddling? (laughs) Am I preaching? No. I'm not. I speak it with force because I, I get sick and tired of kids feeling like they have, all, have to have all these props around them um, to be who God has designed them to be. I, I would do this. I would share something about yourself that's not about how great you are or what lessons you've learned, unless they ask about them, but that's just more about you. Show your child that you're human, that you've made mistakes and you and you didn't and maybe don't have it all together. Um And that your younger years might have been a struggle. And it's okay to share your heart in short bits of conversation, not these long lectures and diatribes that could be interpreted as judging them or their friends. And you don't always have to be right. And you don't always have to know the answer. You know, a discussion doesn't always have to have a period at the end of it. Remember, you and your child are getting together again next week. And seven days of thinking and praying might just give some insightful wisdom that would be uh, welcomed the following time you get together. You know, it's okay to let your child win in a discussion now and then. Um, If not, he'll quit discussing. Hey, do this. You you, You know when your child says something and you know you have a great answer? And it's the perfect answer, and it's just the one that would correct your child and tell them they're wrong and and kind of show how great you are. And he'd give that great bit of advice that you've been longing for them to hear. You know, maybe now is not the time to share it. Maybe it's more important for your child to know that you're listening to them, that you care about what they say, and it's okay for you not to have the final word in everything. You're carrying on a discussion. You're not doing a lecture. This isn't a teaching moment. This is a training moment. And it's a training moment that gives them the opportunity to share their thoughts and ideas without being judged, corrected, told how they're doing wrong, uh, how they need to do it better, and what they need to do next time. Don't ever use this opportunity to criticize 
are to dress down, which means yelling or berating or reducing your child to tears. They may cry in the midst of your discussion, but don't let it be because of the way that you're approaching them and the way you're making them feel so much smaller than they may already feel. The other thing is is that your acknowledgement of your shortcomings creates an environment in which they can share theirs. You're looking for opportunities to speak truth into their life, and here's the opportunity. So don't judge everything they say or point out the inconsistencies in their character. And likewise, don't judge their comments. This is a a hard one because it's hard to listen to foolishness when you have so much wisdom, isn't it? I mean, isn't it it hard to just tolerate uh, those people that that seem to be lower than you on the the pecking order of of significance? (laughs) So so there's a part of it where even when your child says something foolish, I remember my son made a comment once and he said, I said, I think, he said, I think we just ought to bomb all those people and kill them all. And I sat there and I thought, how could my son, who has such a smart dad, be so stupid right now? And you know what? You let it go. Because kids say the stupidest things. I mean, it's almost like you go, "How? where did that come from? But leave it alone. You want them to learn to express their opinions, their thoughts, their ideas in a place that's safe. And you're the one that's going to be able to create that. At first, a lot of your conversations will likely be more about, you know, what they watched on television that day or who said what on Snapchat or Instagram or um, you know, I mean, it, 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 what they want for their birthdays, you know, why their sisters and brothers are bugging them. But in time, your conversations, in time, will progress in the opportunities for them to begin uh, hearing you sharing your heart. Give it time. The, the, the constancy of time spent together ensures your presence in their life at a time that they need it the most. And so uh, here's some things that I would try to accomplish. Uh, You know, I I, I wrote down four things here that I think might be objectives for you to to try to accomplish in those meetings. And don't write them down and tell them this is what we're going to accomplish. Just know that this is what you want to accomplish. But one of those things is this, the sharing of wisdom. And that's the communication of the right principles of living based upon experience. I mean, what you've observed, what you've reflected on, and what you've experienced yourself, the knowledge and sound judgment that you've come to uh, to realize. And I, and I want to share wisdom. I don't want to share just more information. They have that on their cell phones and internet access. They can get all the information they want. And, and if all you are is a source of information, then what's going to happen is this. They're not going to need you anymore. What they're wanting is wisdom. How do I take the values and all the things that I've learned from my parents and everywhere else and and engage my culture and my relationships with it? You know, I know for me that the sharing part doesn't always come so easy. It's sometimes that I have to pray about and think about and spend some time doing some homework before I can weave wisdom into my stories. I have to really think it through before I get together. So don't let this opportunity that you have with your child turn into a setting or you tell them what not to do in life. And, and because if all you're doing is that, don't do this, don't do this, don't do that, don't do this. No, and you can't do this. They'll eventually want to quit meeting. Uh, 
So let it be a time that you're focused on sharing your personal experience that would convey wisdom. It may be writing down, here's something that happened in my life. This is what I'd like to convey this morning because I'm in tune with what they said last week. And here's a piece of wisdom that came out of it. And then they're going to be asking you more and more about, well, what about this, Dad? Well, what about this, Mom? How do I engage this way? So share your failures, your mistakes, and the problems that you've encountered. And from that platform, then share what you've learned and what the application was that got you to a better place. But don't lecture your child. Have a conversation. Uh, you, know, you know, your child needs wisdom that is shared in a way that gives him hope uh, and a future, and you are the one to share that with them. If you don't give uh, them wisdom and they don't get it from you, then they'll search for it somewhere else. Okay, here's the second thing. This is the opportunity for a relationship. You know, whenever I engage with parents or teens, I look for a, a commonality that allows conversation um, that allows a relationship to form. And so in your first meeting with your child, ask what you have in common, then follow up with a question about how you're different. Remember, don't share your opinion unless asked. And don't criticize in the way your child responds. Don't tell her that her opinion is wrong. Look for those points of interest and common likes and dislikes and shared feelings and genuine interest, all in the form of a question. You know, kids are smart enough to know when you're asking questions to gather information so you can nail them to the wall um, for doing something wrong. So before you spend time meeting, make a list of stories in your life where you've learned something and keep a running log of thoughts and lessons and mistakes that you've made. And, you know, those always come in handy at the right time to accentuate a point that you want to get across should the question ever gets asked. Tell a story. Everybody loves stories. But tell it in such a way that it's entertaining and it keeps their interest. I listened to a lady yesterday tell a story about her son, and after five minutes, I was bored out of my mind. I thought, is this how you connect with your child? Is this how you communicate with your child? No wonder your child's smoking pot all the time. I would be too. I wanted to sitting. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. But there's times that I listen to people go on and on and on and on and on and on and on. And, it, and it, I, am, I am thinking about, you know, if I could just find a fork right now and give myself a root canal, I might enjoy this conversation just a little bit better. Know how to talk, practice in front of a mirror. Talk to your dog and see how they respond. You've got to keep their interest. Don't be judgmental. The older your kids get, spend time talking and discussing the current events, political views, social concerns, spiritual debates, and learn to say, I don't know. I've never thought of that. You know, you'll have to ask someone else about that. Make the learning fun and make sure that they know at the end of the time that you get to spend with them, they've had uh, a wonderful time. It's all about relationship because if they don't have a relationship with you, then they'll have one with someone else. The third thing is this. It's the giving of your time. And, and time is funny. Uh, you know, it's gone before you know it, and you'll be sending your kids off to college and helping her move into an apartment. It passes quickly, so take advantage of the time that you have. 
Your child's teenage years may not be the time to be involved in so many other things, and perhaps the position of an elder at your church can wait. Maybe the neighborhood association can find someone else to uh, uh, lead this go-around. Maybe that golf game every Saturday can be given up to pour your, t- you know, your time into the life of your child, and maybe your time that you pour into others can be put back in the, on the back burner as you spend more time with your own child. There will always be time in the future to serve the church, play golf, and be involved with others. But there won't be many more years left uh, before your child will leave home. Time is funny, isn't it? If they don't spend time with you, they're going to spend it with someone else. Here's the fourth thing. It's conveying a, uh, a concept of value. So set aside a time that you dedicate not to criticize or correct your teen, but instead to provide a safe atmosphere in which your child knows, no matter what's going on at the moment, that you love them dearly. In school, they're being told how they can always do better. In activities, there's always competition. At home, they're always being corrected or told how to do things better. And I would suggest that there be a place in the life of your child that he knows he won't be judged, competing, corrected, or criticized. And the fact that you're spending time out of your schedule, let your child know that, that they are valuable to you. So don't blow it as an opportunity just to give them more of what they're getting everywhere else. Value is determined by the importance you place on this time together. And that value should be reflected by the number of times you, you do so and the time that you show up physically and mentally, the atmosphere you create, the way you turn off your phone and listen. Don't even look at your phone. Put it up. How you let them get what they want and the way that you engage with them. And do this, end each of your weekly meetings uh, with your child with this phrase. Hey, there's nothing you can do to make me love you more. And there's nothing you can do to make me love you less. You'll know this truth is being seared on their heart when your child says, I know, Dad. I know, Mom. I know. If you don't give uh, them value, they'll get it from somewhere else. So I want you to hear these. Uh, I want you to hear these four things in this in this way. If they don't get wisdom from you, they'll search for it somewhere else. If they don't have a relationship with you, they'll have one with someone else. If they don't spend time with you, they'll spend it with someone else. And if they don't get value from you, they'll get value from someone else. You know, when you spend time together, look for opportunities to experience more together. If, you're, if your daughter mentioned that she's always wanted to jump out of an airplane, then, then make plans to do it together. It'll be a memory that she will never forget. And, you, and if your son says that, that he wants to attend some special sporting event, then make plans to do that and experience the moment where your child not only gets to hear you, but maybe she gets to see you in action. Think out of the box. Go to New York City. Buy a dog. Jump out of a plane. Go on a hunting trip. Go to Disney World. Experience the Smithsonian. Go on a fishing trip. Attend a concert or stay up late and watch a 
meteor shower with a campfire and hot chocolate. Go fishing. Build, build, build some things together and take a vacation of a lifetime while you still have life and they still have time. The moods of a lifetime are often found in the never-to-be-forgotten experiences of the teen years. Make sure that you are a part of those experiences. If they don't do things with you, they'll do things with someone else. What is a once-a-week meeting with your child worth? Everything. It's a win-win deal for both of you. If you're like me, I always get pressed a little bit for time. And uh, Albert Einstein said that the reason for time is that, so that everything doesn't happen at once. But you'll, you'll find this, and, and I want you to hear this from a, uh, um, from a 65-year-old man that has raised two kids that um, now are 44 and 40 years of age. It seemed like they were just in high school last week. Time goes fast. And my mom always said before she died, Mark, time goes fast and it always goes faster. She was right. If you don't take the time to do it now, it's not going to happen. If you want to have a great relationship with your child in the days ahead, you've got to make that happen. And it's by spending some time together. Thanks for listening to Parenting Today's Teens. For more information, you can visit parentingtodaysteens.org, heartlightministries.org, or markgregston.com. Join us back here tomorrow for another great episode. We'll talk to you then.